Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Dr. Kate Coleman today, but unfortunately, she's had to have an operation, and we wish her well, and we know that we'll see her next year, but that means that we get more of Steve, so what's not to love about that, right? Let's welcome Pastor Steve. Well, the response then of getting more of me was definitely underwhelming, so thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Tonight, if you want to hear stories of radically changed, transformed lives by the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is always good news, then come to the baptism. This morning, we are not, we're online, but we're not going to Bury St. Edmunds or to Colchester because they've got their own baptismal services this morning. And I can't remember the numbers there. I think there's six in Colchester, I don't know, in Bury. And tonight, I think we've got about 12 or 13 people that we will be baptizing. Now, I know you've all just sat down, but um, I am going to ask you to stand as we honor the Word of God. And I'm going to speak from Luke chapter 10. You can follow along in you version notes. The scriptures are in there. My points are in there. We stand just to simply to say we honor God's word. We're grateful for God's word. A lamp to our feet, a light to our path. You don't have to read it out loud with me, although it will come up on the screen because uh, I might stop at different places and that will throw you. So I'll read it and you can just listen and amen it if we do that in this church. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them. Say sent. Two by two, ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send. Everyone say send. Out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending. Everyone say sending. You out like lambs among wolves, do not take a purse or a bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in the house, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there, and tell them, the kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town and you are not welcome, go into streets and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Then let's just drop down to verse 16. He who listens to you listens to me. He who rejects you rejects me, but who re he who rejects me rejects him who sent. Everyone say sent. Me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Amen. And may the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Please take your seats. So I have the advantage of this extra Sunday because Kate couldn't be with us. And we have been in the midst of a series, as those of you who are regular know, based on 1 Peter. We'll be taking that on next week, and then the week after, that's when we finish it, and then we get into Christmas that you've heard about this morning. 
But in 1 Peter, we've been looking at the, the reality that the kingdom of God came in the presence and person of Jesus Christ. Hip, hip. So we're glad that the kingdom has come in his presence. And yet the fullness, the consummation, the uncontested rule and reign of that kingdom has yet to come at his second coming. So we get to live in between times. We read it in our passage here. Jesus was very clear. This was his message, and this was the message he told the 72 to take with them. The kingdom of God is near you. So the kingdom is here, yet it's still to come. So we live in this now and not yet. But what we must understand, and I will go on about this until the day I die, we do not live in a season or period of passivity. We live between the times with a mission. And that's why the church exists. It's not just for us to enjoy each other's company, though I love being with you. It's so that we are here to fulfill this mission. We have been sent. We should thank God that we have a God who sends. For the Father sent the Son. And the Son sent the disciples. And the Son has sent His Spirit, which enables us to live as sent ones. So it's in the very nature and character of God to be a sender. Amen? He sends. And we are those that carry this message of the kingdom. And let's just be clear what the kingdom is. It's not a geographical realm. It's rather wherever the rule and reign of God is. So remember what it says in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So a simple way to remember what the kingdom is, is from that little uh, the, the stanza there that Jesus uses, which he's not saying two different things. He's not saying, oh, the kingdom of God has got to come and the will of God has got to come. No, he's saying where the will of God comes, the kingdom of God is done. So it's as simple as that. This is where the kingdom is, where the will of God is done. It's the same when Jesus teaches us to pray, or his disciples to pray. And he says to them where, to, to be those that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom of God and righteousness are the same thing. Because where the kingdom is, there's righteousness. Where there's righteousness, there's the kingdom. You with me? So if we live righteously, we're bringing in the kingdom. If we live by the will of God, that's why the most important thing on the face of God's earth for you and me is knowing what is his will. Because if we fulfill his will, then we will bring in the kingdom. It's so important to live righteously and in, 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 in embroiled with righteousness is the whole issue of justice. If we are to live righteously, we'll bring justice. That's why God is concerned with justice. It's the very foundations of his throne. And wherever, so it's not, it's not simply a geographical area like the United Kingdom. It's wherever God's rule and God's will is done, that's where the kingdom is. And we look and we long for that day where there will be the uncontested form of his kingdom. But in the meantime, by faith and obedience, we drag that future into the presence and say, kingdom come. In fact, the term that is used when we're to pray, kingdom come, is not so much a request in the original language. It's more an emphatic, put your foot down, kingdom come. That's why Jesus says when he sends out these 72 disciples, heal the sick. 
When Jesus prays for someone who's sick, he never says, Lord, please heal them. He just says it. Because it's like, kingdom, come. Sick, be healed. And I want to speak today in this next hour and a half on the subject of kingdom multiplication. Because we are living for a mission. And you can't play it safe when it comes to mission. I'm going to base some of the things that I've said on a message that I heard by a guy called Ed Stetzer. If any of you want to understand mission, and he's a professor of, of missiology from Wheaton uh, College in, in the United States. He's the head of the Billy Graham Institute there by way of missiology. He is fantastic. He's the best guy I've ever heard. Uh, I agree with everything he says. So listen to him, so we must be right, and you'll enjoy Ed Stetzer. So I've drawn on him in some of the things that I want to say. But let me, let me just say this. When I heard him, it wasn't just his voice I heard. I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. And I knew that I knew that I was confronted by some of my post-COVID safety first, cautious, let's not take any risk mentality that has crept over me and over much of the church and especially leaders. Leaders have got scared through COVID. And they're all dropping out like flies and I've, I know the temptation. But I read this passage and I'm reminded again. And you know, some of you aren't going to like me after this message. And you, some of you are saying to me, that's all right because I don't like you anyway. That, that's okay, you're going to like me less. Because I, am, <laughs> I can't get away from that we can't just live in between these times comfortable. I, I, want, I want some of you, I have high goals when I speak. I want some of you to give up your jobs and go and become missionaries overseas. I, I do. Oh, clearly only one of you is willing to do that. I want some of you to change what you do with your money because you want to be committed to a, a mission rather than just comfortable in what I'm going to say today. And some of you will never come back again because of what I say today. God bless you. It was lovely knowing you. Because we're on a mission. And we've got to keep the mission before us. We've got to keep the mission. Rick Warren, who's just retired, he said this. Well, he hasn't retired, to be honest. He's, he stepped out of leading his church after 60 years or however long he's been there so as he can carry on with his peace initiative, which includes this kind of thing, getting the gospel to the ends of the earth. He says this, You measure a church's strength not by its seating capacity, but by its sending capacity. How many of you are doing the Great Commission? That's what he said. You measure a church's strength not by its seating capacity, but by its sending capacity. How many of you are doing the Great Commission? You see, when we sit in a building like this, and I, I love our building, we're grateful to God for it, blah, blah, blah. But we too often think this is a destination. And this is not a destination. If this is not a sending station, my words, I don't know where I got that from. If this is not a sending station to the ends of Cambridgeshire, even the ends of the earth, then we're missing something of why the church exists, of what we've been entrusted with from our sending God who sent his son, from our sent, the sending son who sent his spirit and who sends us, sent, sent, sent with the message of the kingdom. We cannot play it safe when it comes to the kingdom of God. This is not a regret uh, we did the very best we could. But it is a constant frustration we must live with 
We're seven years in now to this building. Seven is a very important number in the Bible, so I thought I'd just mention it. Seven years in. And the lament that we often come up with, we're saying this all the time in team, is, oh, I wish we had more space. I mean, I never thought seven years ago when we built this that that would be one of our laments. Oh, I wish we had more space. More space for kids' church. More space for C3 Impact with the fridges and the freezers and everything we've got out the back. More space for the different rooms, more space so that we can have a, a dedicated youth area. The moans that come up about that, you wouldn't believe. More space for circulation and fellowship. More space for, just comes up all the time. And I have to live with this tension inside me knowing, yeah, it would have been great to have built bigger. But let's not measure our success on the numbers of, that come into a service. Or even the number of youth, although I want more youth, so I'm not knocking youth. It's how many can we send? How many can we equip when they're sitting here? How many can we send out into the world to bring righteousness as a CEO in your situation? To bring righteousness as a cleaner in your area we live? To bring the will of God in your school and your college? Because that, to me, might be more a measure of success than how many people we have sitting in a building. Though buildings are really useful in the UK, especially when it's cold. We, we get that. So I'm not knocking the building. Any, any of you stop liking me yet? You see, well, let me go on then. I'll try, to, I'll try harder. You see, we can really step into, if we're not careful, a customer and consumer mentality. Well, I'm here to get my needs met. And I want every single one of your needs to be met in Jesus' name. But that's not the reason why the church exists. We can consume religious goods and services and then complain when it doesn't suit my needs. I love worship. I love the way we do worship. But there is a danger when the, the stage is whatever it is. It's not a meter high. And we've got the lights. The danger is you watch and they entertain. It's a danger. It's a genuine danger. And it's not them who that can change that. It's me and you in our mentality of the way we come. Now, they do a great job of drawing us in and so not making it like entertainment. I love our musicians. In fact, the lady I met a few months ago said to me she'd never been in a church where she'd seen the musicians so engaged in worship. If they're not engaged, it's very unlikely we're going to be engaged. But there's still a danger of we watch, they do. We consume, and they entertain. And it's not for them to change that. It's for our mentality and the way we approach things. It's to engage our faith. So I want to talk a little bit about kingdom multiplication. Is that really only got 10 minutes left? For kingdom multiplication, and this is God's will, by the way. He wants his kingdom to grow. If we could go through all the parables and look at them, which is an interesting study, there is growth attached to the kingdom. If it's like a mustard seed, remember it grows into a tree where others can find rest. It's meant to be an influencer. If it's the leaven in the dough, it's meant to go in. So we're not of the view that the kingdom of God will get smaller and smaller. 
the kingdom of God, which is not the church, but the church are the representatives of the kingdom. It's what people see of the kingdom of God in many instances. It needs, we don't believe in it, it getting weaker and less. We want to see it grow. And so this is number one. For kingdom multiplication to take place, we need to realize this. We are sent. We are sent into our world. Luke chapter 10 is a fascinating passage. This is not the original 12. This is 72 others. Now, here's a revelation for you. Luke chapter 10, ready, comes after Luke chapter 9. Now, I know some of you are thinking, I'm glad I came this morning. Go back to the beginning of Luke chapter 9, and this is what you find. The disciples whose names we know are sent. They're sent out. So we know it's Peter and James and John. These are all named for us in the Bible. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Judas, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Bartholomew, Judas, Thaddeus, and Simon the Zealot. So we know who the 12 are. And then we get to this passage, Luke chapter 10, and it just says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others. My immediate question is, who, who the heck are they? Who are these 72? Anybody know their names? If you do, you're going to find something that isn't in the Bible. We don't know who they are. And I think this is totally intentional by Luke, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Because the danger is we say, ah, those 12 apostles, they're the sent ones. The very word apostle means sent. They're the ones that do the mission. And as though to bring us up and write ourselves in, we hear of these other 72 who presumably had been around Jesus for some time. They'd been around. They'd got the message. They understood what the kingdom was. They'd seen it demonstrated. And nowhere does the Bible tell us who they are. And I think I know who they are. I'm here today to tell you I think I know who the 72 are. The names are Andrew and Lisa and Tim John and Sarah and Anya and Hope and Miracle. It's us. We are the 72. Not literally. Because these are the ones that are followers of Jesus who are given the same commission that the 12 disciples were. We think it's just for the experts. For those, no, no, no. It's for you and for me. Jesus said this to the disciples. This is John chapter 20, verse 21. This is after the cross and before the ascension into heaven. He appears to them when they're scared for their lives in the upper room. And he says this to them. Jesus said to them again. I think that's a really important word. Again. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. In the passage here in Luke 10, he says, I'm sending them, sending you like lambs among wolves. I just Googled some pictures of lambs among wolves. It's a scary concept. I was trying to find one that was suitable to put on the screen. I couldn't find anything. But it's, it's a scary, poor little lambs amongst wolves. So this commission is not a nice, easy believe. It's going to be really easy. 
go on, you're going to prosper and have gold laid. At he tells them, actually, in the next verse, and don't take much with you. Don't be too attached to the stuff of this world. If we were to read other passages, even the way some, the, the passage before in, the, in Luke chapter 9, he tells some of, some, some of them to follow him, and they say, well, I've got to bury my family. And we think, well, that's fair enough. If they had a funeral to go to, it doesn't mean that. Probably that their family weren't dead yet. They were saying, well, let us wait until life's a little easier because my family must come first. The kingdom of God comes first. And you take your family with you. That's what he's saying to them. He's saying to them, no, no, don't stay around for an ease of life just so as you stay with your family and wait till they die. There's something more important to live for. There's something more important to die for. He's not saying neglect family in the midst of that. Clearly he's not. But he is saying you're a sent one and there's a priority. And don't get too attached with this stuff. Now why I think it's important when he says to them this, again, I say to you peace. He said it in that passage in John 20 twice. It's because he's about to tell them something that's really scary. You know when the Bible, we, we like to repeat, don't we? The Bible says so many times, fear not. Why does it normally tell you to fear not? Because it's just about to tell you something that's going to be very, 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 very scary. That's my um, Anton Deck impression from, uh, if you ever watched them, very, very scary. It's going to be very, very scary. This, this Bush Tucker trial is going to be very, very scary. And Jesus, <laughs> sorry, I don't know, that just came to me. Jesus is about to tell us something that's going to be very, very scary. So he says to them, I'm going to be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. The anointing. See, when, when, when Jesus gives a command to go, you read them. There's lots of them. He often gives with it attached a promise. So Matthew 28 that we know is the Great Commission. Go into all the world. This is his promise. And lo, I am with you always. So when he asks us to do something, he also makes a promise that's going to help us in the midst of doing it. Acts chapter 1, verse 6 to 8, where Jesus again tells them that to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. He tells them again, and you'll receive the Holy Spirit who will be with you so as that you'll be effective as my witnesses. So with the command goes a promise. We have authority to be sent ones. You've got the whole, in other words, you've got all of heaven backing you up. And if you're a Christian and baptized in the Holy Spirit, you've got the Holy Spirit within you that will enable you. Be bold. The righteous are as bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no one's pursuing them. If you're a righteous one, don't be meany mouth. Don't be apologetic for who you are. Don't be obnoxious at the same time. Because you've been entrusted. You've been sent. See, with the sending comes the authority. Many years ago, we started a church. This is prior to us coming here. We started a church in a little town called Ellesmere Port. Ellesmere Port, the only thing it's famous for is being right at the edge of Stanlow, really, which is a huge oil refinery. Um, 
and we started a church. And this Catholic priest, and I'm not knocking Catholics in this, he came to see me because he said to me, by whose authority are you starting a church here in Ellesmere Port? And I just said to him, the fathers. And he said to me, Father who? And I said to him, Father God. Because what he was saying to me was, you need permission to come here because we've got a church here. I didn't need his permission. The permission I had, the authority I had. Luke chapter 10. I'm sending you. I'm sending you. We are sent ones. We have to move on and get rid of some of this stuff. Listen to the words of... <laughs> Before I read what I was going to read, I, this old idea of be, you have to be special, I hope you all know you are special as sent ones. It's not just for those who are professional. You know, we, we, we don't use the term professional in relation to clergy and laity. That's not part of our, our language. But we do use the term staff. And I've noticed in our context, staff is the equivalent of clergy and laity. You think the staff will do it because they're the professionals. We're all sent. We're all sent. Told you you wouldn't like me. We're all sent ones. Don't leave it to someone. You've got what it takes. People, I've been with people who come to me after a service and they want me to pray for them. And, and I, I don't want to stop doing this, but I want you to hear, I hope you can hear the nuance in what I'm about to say. They want me to pray because they think my prayers are going to be heard more than their prayers. And I really like that because I feel so special. And my ego is stroked and I think, yeah, I've got a hotline to heaven that Andrea hasn't got or Bill hasn't got or Fred hasn't. Yeah, I'm special, you know. Now, don't hear that in saying that I don't believe that I need a grace to do what I do. I need a calling to do what I do. But your prayers, if you're a righteous man and woman, your prayers, like the 72 who we do not know their names, when you pray for the sick, your prayers could be heard as much as mine. Now, I don't want anyone to stop coming to me to ask for prayer because the active ingredient when prayer is answered is often faith. And if your faith has been brought alive because you want to pray with me, then pray with me. So I'm not trying to push you away, but do, I do want you to know how special you are. You're a sent one like the 72 who has authority to heal the sick and cast out demons. But I don't know what to do. I haven't been on a course you don't need a course. You need the Holy Spirit. And he'll take you into all truth. Well, what if anything bad happens to me? Then he'll turn it around for good because that's the kind of God he is. You can do it. The youngest baby Christian can bring this message. The kingdom of God is near because of who you are and who he is. People have said this to me when I've been out with them somewhere. They'll say a phrase like this. Uh, I can't lie. Because I'm with the pastor. Uh, there's something wrong in that statement. You can't lie. Full stop. Not because of who you're with, but because of who you are. As a child of God. As a righteous one who's called by God and sent. Because wherever you go, I remember at school, 
Mr. Bamforth, he called us all into assembly one day because some boys, and it was boys, had thrown themselves into privet hedges on their way home from school. And there was these boy-shaped privet hedges, you know, they'd thrown themselves in there. And Mr. Bamforth called us into assembly. And he said, boys, he just called the boys in. Whenever you're in uniform, you represent, and he did wag his finger, you represent this school. We're all, oh, yeah, yeah, it was him, sir, it was him, sir. He says, wherever you go, wherever you go, when you're in uniform, you represent us. You know what? Clothed in the Holy Spirit, you're never out of uniform. Wherever you go, you represent him. You're a represent. Let me read scripture and then I'm going to show you a video and we'll, we'll finish. These are the words of the Apostle Paul. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You're not who you used to be. Tonight when we baptize these individuals, they're dead people to who they used to be. They're alive in Christ. It says you're a new creation. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself. Aren't you glad you reconciled to God? Come on, I need a better response than that. Aren't you glad you're reconciled to God? There's no longer a barrier. You can go into the Holy of Holies. You can enjoy fellowship. Through Christ. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So now we've been reconciled, but it doesn't stay there. We don't just go around saying, I've been reconciled, I've been reconciled. We have a ministry of reconciliation. We can bring others to him. The God reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. We applaud you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled. I want to show you a video. It's just four minutes long and then we'll finish. Musicians can come up halfway through this. And it's from Brother Andrew. Some of you have never heard of him. Check him out. Google his name. He died just four or five weeks ago. He was known as God's smuggler. And he said this. He said, the real calling is not a certain place or a career, but to everyday obedience. And that call is extended to every Christian, not just a select few. He went on to say this, the Bible is full of ordinary people who went to impossible places and did wondrous things simply because they decided to follow Jesus. I want you to watch this. And I want you to ask the question, as a sent one, what am I called to do? Now, I don't want us to so make it as about smuggling Bibles that, that that's the only way it counts. You're sent as a CEO. You're sent as a cleaner. You're sent as a biologist. You're sent as an accountant. You're, you're sent into the whole world. You're sent as a mother and a father. You're sent. You're sent. It's not to a small pinhead of a few. You're sent. So wherever you go, have this in your mind as a sent one, as an ambassador of Christ. How can I bring in this kingdom of God? in my world, and it takes risk. I'm going to recommend a book, and then I will sit down. The Power of Strangers. It's not a Christian book. It's saying this. We've got into this danger, uh, uh, stranger danger fear, 
And therefore, we don't speak to people like we used to. And I want to say to us, come on. So I'm an introvert. Okay, you can speak one-on-one. Let's go and talk to our world. Get over the, because you're carriers of something. You've been entrusted with a gospel message. You've been entrusted as kingdom people. You are sent. And like in that upper room in John 20, 20, still Jesus, who's full of breath, by the way, he still says, breathe on them. He says, I as the Father has sent me. So I'm sending you. Sent. What did Steve speak on today? Sent. One word. Watch Brother Andrew and listen to this. What an inspiring story. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things were sent by God. Last week, Angie and I had a few days holiday. We went to London for a few days. Then we had a, a meeting in the middle of the week in London. And then we went to Centre Parks with family for the last two days. And so we had to get ready. And I realized this commission from Luke chapter 10, I probably could never fulfill because I can't travel light. You should have seen the amount of stuff we had for four days or five days. The different change of outfits and shoes that I had. I thought, how can you fulfill this? Don't take much stuff with you. I'm so attached to my stuff. So attached. I love books. I describe books as friends. Got a lovely library, but it's not how many books I've got, it's how much of the book I'm living, ultimately. And I found myself talking myself out of mission because I don't have the resources. And Jesus told them, go with less resources, not more. Get rid of some of your stuff because some of your stuff is holding you back. Get rid of it. Don't go with it all. You can do better if you get rid of stuff. And I'm thinking, I need more stuff. Sometimes our affluence has held us back from the mission. And I love the fact that he sends them out two by two. Like the animals going into the ark. Because this is also the reality. We do not have to do this alone. We can do it together. We can do it together. Two by two two we've got the Holy Spirit but we've also got each other thank God for each other hey thank you, thanks Howard Cattell for being a provocation to me over the years and saying we can do it some things I mightn't have done unless you just said we could do I need you to provoke me thank you Rebecca Wilkinson right at the back for sticking the long term, 40 years. When others... Uh, well, when others... Thank you. It's appreciated. We need each other. We need each other. So we're on mission together. Together. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to you online as well, if you're still with us. 
What is it you're to do? Make sure you're a sent one. Make sure you know. Go into work, go into the school, go into your playground, whatever it is you go, with your head held high. I'm sent, I'm sent, I'm sent. I'm a sent one. I have authority. I have his spirit. I'm sent. Find other Christians around you. Do it together. I'm sent. But before we sing our last song today and finish, maybe you're in the room, you're not a Christian. You've never given your life to Jesus. You can do that now. Or maybe you're online, you've never given your life to Jesus. We do this to remind us every single week that although this service is for us, it's not only for us. It's for anyone who's watching who's not a believer. It's for anyone who walks in who's not a believer. It's anyone who's gone away from God who wants to come back again because we're on a mission. So you can use this prayer to say yes to Jesus. All of us are going to pray it out loud to helping those saying yes for the first time. If you're online afterwards, just write yes. So if you're in the room, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand saying that you said yes to Jesus. Pray this with me. Say this. Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. I thank you that you died for me, that you took my sin and my shame. And today I choose you Jesus, my Lord. Amen. Now the heads bowed, eyes closed. Anybody pray that in here? First time, recommitment, just raise your hand. Anyone here? Anyone online? Just write yes in the box. Anyone? Don't be worried whether there's anybody else. It's just you and God. Anyone? I pray that first time, recommitment to Jesus today. Saying yes to Jesus. You know, tonight when we come, you'll hear stories of people that said yes. Did they understand it all? Absolutely not. And do they understand it all now? Probably not either, but they're on a journey. And you'll hear how Jesus changes lives. We'd love to have you with us. There's going to be a prayer team down here when we finish, and they will pray with you for miracle. If anything you need, they will be standing with you. They'll pray that prayer for the sick because we believe in it in here and out there. Or if you're new, you want to go to our next step stand, go and speak to someone in next steps. They would love to speak to you, tell you how you can get more involved in C3, be part of the C3 family, which is a family on a mission. Amen. Let's stand together, musicians, leaders in this last song. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.